Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 144. Psalms 144. And we're going to read verse number one. Psalms 144 and verse number one. We're teaching from this subject entitled Enemies to Faithful Expectancy. Enemies to Faithful Expectancy. We talked about living in this place uh, called Faithful Expectancy. But now we're talking about uh, those things that will uh, keep us from even getting there, keep us from even getting to that place. It's difficult to live in a place that you can't get to. And so if we're going to live in faithful expectancy, we must be able to recognize and then be able to overcome the enemies that will keep us from getting to that place. Let's look at our definition again of faithful expectancy. Faithful expectancy uh, is remaining hopeful through disappointment, through setbacks and hopelessness until there is manifestation of our expected desire. One thing that is certain is that all of us we go through and deal with, gonna be confronted with disappointment. We all deal with setbacks and we all get to that place where we deal with hopelessness, what appears to be hopeless. I say all the time there are no hopeless situation, only individuals who grow hopeless in their situation, because God can turn anything around. Uh, but many times, if you're not careful, uh, the enemy will try to push you to that place where you don't think your situation can turn for the better. And so we all deal with these things, and what we want to be able to do is maintain our faithful expectancy uh, while we are believing God and, and, and being hopeful for the things that we're believing for. So if you look in verse number one of Psalms 144, it says, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Let's read that again together, ready, read. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Let's release our faith. Say, say Father, Father. <clears throat> you are my strength. You are my strength. And you teach my hands to war and you train my fingers to fight. Amen. And so we want to get a, 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 a very basic understanding of that particular passage tonight so we can understand what the Spirit of God is really saying to us concerning war and concerning having to fight. We understand that we are in a fight. The Scripture calls us good soldiers, tells us to endure hardness as good soldiers, tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So as in any war, in any fight, there are always enemies, opponents, as well as adversaries, uh, which will include those who are adversarial toward us, those who actively oppose you, are the thing that would be considered counterproductive to your objectives, perhaps to your vision, or even to your purpose, or the thing that you are believing God for, simply because these are the things that oppose your effort. They come against your effort. <clears throat> and so it's important to understand that we have, we, have, we have enemies. We have things that would oppose us. Sometimes uh, a counterproductive, uh, something counterproductive could be my mindset. I could be believing God for a certain thing, but the way I think is counterproductive to what I'm believing for. Uh, I could behave, I could have a certain behavior or a certain attitude, and that attitude, my words that come out of my mouth could be counterproductive to what I'm believing God for. And so, so that, in that case, 
then my words, they are opposing me having what God says I can have or my actions, my attitude, or whatever the case may be. It could be sometimes the crowd I'm with. Uh, I don't realize that it's in opposition of what I am believing God for and where I'm trying to go, my destiny, and, and the things I'm trying to accomplish in life. Amen? So you got to be very careful uh, just with the people that we allow into our inner court, as it were, into our inner circle, those who get close to us, because they could probably be counterproductive for the things that I'm believing God for, for where I'm trying to go. They're really opposing without just coming out and exposing themselves as an enemy to me. Uh, but it could, be, it could be they're not in agreement with me. It could be uh, they're not you know, on the same page with me, just in the things of God, or just, just with my, my convictions, my faith. Uh, they oppose all of that. And so that's counterproductive. And all it's going to do is delay or even cancel out the things that you're believing for if, if I don't make some adjustments. Amen? amen. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. Now, so <clears throat> then the objective of, of this series, and I think they have it up because it's rather, it's rather long, but let's look at that. It's to provide assistance through the Word of God in helping you get to that place. What place is that? This place where you are remaining hopeful despite or in spite of your disappointments, your setbacks, hopelessness, discouragement, all of these things, pain, all of these, these things that we could experience, these emotions that we can have uh, to provide assistance through the Word of God. Now, why do we say uh, provide assistance through the Word of God? Because it's, it's our application of the Word of God uh, that causes God to respond on our behalf. It's our application of the Word of God. When we act on the Word, faith is being released. And as faith is being released, then the power of God is, uh, will be made manifest on our behalf or in our behalf, uh, the Word of God. All the resources of heaven whether it's an angel, whether it's an answer, whether it's an understanding, whether it's a revelation, whether it's an open door, uh, whatever it is, whether it's strength, whether it's peace, whether it's joy, when I act on the Word of God, heaven's resources are made available to me. Amen. And so if I want heaven's resources to be made available to me, then, then I have to stick with the Word. And so as I act on the Word of God, through the Word of God, then that's helping me get to this place, this place of, uh, of faithful expectancy, despite the disappointments that I go through, and you will be disappointed in life, uh, despite the setbacks, and there will come a time where things are going to set you back. Uh, amen. And, and then hopelessness as you wait for the fulfillment of your desired expectation. So, as you're waiting for your desired expectation. And who are we waiting on? We're waiting on God. We're waiting on God. Say, I'm waiting on God. And so, as we wait on God for the fulfillment of our desired expectation, we have to stick with the Word of God so that uh, we don't let go of that expectation regardless to what we go through. Whatever we go through, we do just that. We go through. And then, not only do we go through, but the best thing we can do is grow through. Amen. Tell the person that's just say, I'm not just going through but I'm growing through. Tell somebody else, say, I'm not just going through, but I am growing through. That means, see, that means I'm going to be better. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better. I'm, I'm going to be more wiser. I'm going to be able to make more better decisions. And, and, and most importantly, I'm going to have some experience with God. Yeah. Amen. So in lesson one, I gave you these five enemies, and we're, 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 uh, these are what we want to build this lesson around, these five enemies of faithful expectancy. Number one is what? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Number two, lack of strength. I should have put it up there. Lack of strength. Number three, go ahead. Number three is what? Lack of understanding. Number four, lack of fellowship with God. And number five is lack of commitment. Lack of commitment. So we'll deal with each one of these. And we won't go into, um, you know, extreme detail with each one of them. Uh, like when we talk about faith, we'll talk a little bit about faith. This is not a teaching on faith, so we won't spend a lot of time and so on and so forth with, with the rest of them. We'll just give you enough information uh, so you'll know how to deal with the lack of these things, the lack of these things. Now, let's go to Romans chapter number five tonight. Romans chapter number five. <clears throat> and in Romans chapter five, uh, while you're going there, just, just park there and, and, and wait up on my arrival. Uh, but the foundational passage of this series in, in, in Psalms 144 and verse number one, I want to give you uh, two things that this passage is actually saying, because it says, blessed be the Lord who is my strength, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And the reason I want to make sure, and we talked about it in lesson number one, but the reason I wanted to just go back over that and make sure that we had a clear, and not only a clear, but a biblical understanding of what it's saying, <clears throat> because he's not talking about physical hands here. Not only is he not talking about physical hands, he's not talking about physical fingers. When he talks about hands to war, fingers to fight. Uh, we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, we know we're in a war, but the weapons that we use, they're not carnal but they're, they're mighty through God. They're spiritual, right? And, and the Scripture also says, we wrestle not, come on, against flesh and blood. Well, my physical hands is flesh and blood, right? Yours too. My physical fingers is what? Flesh and blood. So we know now these are not uh, a part of our spiritual arsenal, our, our physical hands. The physical man has nothing at all to do uh, with spiritual warfare. Uh, so it's talking about something, something spiritual here. We want to get an understanding of what it's saying. So there are two things that this scripture is saying. We're going to look at both of them so you can understand. Say it again. Say, God, God. You, are my you are my strength. Say, my strength comes from you. And I bless you because you teach my hands, teach my hands to, war. to war and you train my fingers, train my fingers. to fight. Say, my hands, my hands are, trained are trained and taught, and taught for, war. for war. My hands, my hands are, trained are trained and taught, and taught for, war. for war. And my fingers, and my fingers are, trained are trained and taught, and taught to, fight. to fight. See, we're, we're trained fighters. We're trained. We're not amateurs here. We're, we're trained fighters. And the believer has to know how to fight. 
Amen. We have to know, we have to know how to fight. There's no such thing as not being in the fight. You're in the fight. Now, you're in the fight, whether you're doing, you can just stand there if you want to. You're in the fight, though. And, and if you're in the fight and your enemy is not going to leave you alone. I'm going to go over here. How many know the devil's not going to leave you alone? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I don't know, but, you know, we, we in Acres Home, we used to have this saying, when you, when you get ready to leave one of your home boys, your partners, you say, you say something to them like, I'm going to do something the devil never going to do. I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, he's never, he's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to leave you alone. You, you never get to the point where you can retire. Well, you didn't retire and the devil don't mess with you no more. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. You are in a fight. Whether you fight or not, you're in a fight. Whether you want to be in the fight or not, you are in a fight. And if you're going to be in a fight anyway, you might as well go and get your hands trained and get them taught and get your fingers trained and get them taught so you can fight and not just fight, but so we can win. Because it's not a good fight if I'm not winning. In every situation, come on, God always calls us strong, but that's not without you fighting. God makes everything work together for our good, but that's not without you fighting. That's right. Amen. Amen. You can overcome every adversity. You can overcome every, every difficulty. I mean, whatever the devil brings your way, whatever he sends your way, whatever you find yourself in, it, it doesn't matter. It could be something that the devil does. It could be the result of your decision. Sometimes you can be in, in an unpleasant situation because of somebody else's choices. You're in that situation called somebody else. A spouse just chose to leave you, and you're left in a very uncomfortable situation. Amen. The job is just laying off, and you just happen to be a part of that layoff. That wasn't your choice. That was their choice, but it left you in an uncomfortable situation. And however it comes, just know God's going to cause you to triumph but it's not going to be without you fighting. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you ready to fight. You can't sit back like you don't want to get involved. You are involved. You didn't ask for the fight. You got thrown in the fight. But, but nonetheless, I got to fight. I'm going to tell the person, let's just say, I got, I got to fight. Come on, just stand up for a minute. Just kind of get, that, get that, that fight swag on a little bit. Come on, stand up. Stand up. Get that. Come on, man. Get, you got you to get ready. We, we are in war. We are in spiritual battle, and, and we got to fight the good fight of faith, and we don't plan on losing. We plan on winning. We plan on overcoming. We plan on being victorious. We plan on being victors and not victims. Come on. Come on, do like this. Come on, come on. Come on, you know what to do. Go ahead and have your, go ahead, go ahead and have your seat before you get knocked out. <laughs> I see your elder Millsap. Oh, she over here. Boy, she all out here. Boy, just getting it on. She... 
but he teaches our hands to war. Man, we in a war. We in a war. We in a war for our peace. See, we don't fight to get victory. We fight to maintain it. We already have it, and the devil's trying to take it from us. We fight to maintain. We don't fight to obtain. We already have it. And that's why I'm telling you, you have to fight because the devil's trying to take from you what God has already given you. It's not that you're trying, you're not trying to get healed. You're already healed, and you're just trying to hold on to your healing. You're not trying to get blessed. Come on, say, I'm already blessed. But the devil's trying to take it from you. You're not trying to get it. You're not trying to get the peace of God. You have the peace of God. But the devil's trying to take it from you. So this fight is not about obtaining. This fight is about maintaining. It's almost like, yeah, it's you already have. You're the champion. You already have the championship belt and the title. Every opponent after that is just trying to take it from you. Come on, tell them, I'm already the champion. Tell, come on, I'm not, we're not trying to be the champ. We are the champ. And everybody that's coming trying to take the title away from us, but the devil is a liar. He ain't, he ain't going to get it. He's not going to get my children. He's not going to get my mind. He's not going to get my ministry. He's not going to get my marriage. He's not going to get anything. It's mine, and I'm holding on to it. Not going to get your sanity. He can take that job, but you ain't getting my sanity. I'm going to still praise God. I'm going to still walk in the blessing of God. You can have my money. That's all right, because God will give me some more of that. That's more where that come from. You got to hold on. You know, don't, don't worry about him taking physical things from you. You can get all that back. You can lay down at night. You know, you don't, you don't need a big house to go to sleep. Come on, everybody in here know that. You just slept in a small. Don't be, don't be playing me now. Everybody in here just slept in an efficiency. Amen. Amen. But, but we can't let him take what God has blessed us with and what God has given us, my peace, my joy. See, if he get those things and take those things from me, then I, I can't get these other things back. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. See, he wants, to, he wants to, you know, don't let him take the things from you that will keep you from being restored. Amen. So what is he saying here? First thing he's saying, in, in, in Psalm 144, verse 1, uh, you at Romans 5, just wait at Romans 5. God, who is our strength, he gives us power or the means to encounter, and he equips my fingers to seize, to grasp or lay hold on, to grasp or lay hold on. He gives us power or the means to encounter. Just the power to encounter. Just the power to stand up and face it. Just the power to do that. When it says, he teaches my hands to walk, this word hands is dealing with power. He gives us power. That's why the scripture says, be strong, come on, in the Lord and in the power, come on, of his might, 
Not your might, but his might. God's might, write this down, God's might is the ability to do anything. The ability to do anything, the ability to succeed, the ability to, comp to accomplish, that's what God's might is all about. So might is the ability to do anything with God. Well, with God, how many things are possible? All, all things are possible. So don't, be, don't try to be strong in, in your might. Don't try to be strong in your power. Don't try to be strong in your own strength. See, if this were physical, if this was based on physical strength, then that means as long as I had great physical strength, I'm able to stand. But how many know your physical strength has nothing at all to do with you fighting the devil? Amen. Are you, you fighting, fighting the good fight, fight of faith? We don't fight the devil. Let me correct that. We don't fight the devil. He's already been defeated. We resist him. And the Bible says he flees from us. But, but here's the thing. Just the strength to stand up to him. Just, just the strength to encounter, because I don't know about you, I've had things in my life to transpire where you don't want to get up in the morning and face it. Well, well, where, where the time to face that situation looked like it rolled around real fast, and, and now you're having to face it all over again, and, and, and you're not going to be able to face it in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own wisdom. Not in man's wisdom, it's going to be in the wisdom of God. Amen. But you can have some things that can happen in your life that'll make you lay in the bed for days. Come on, am I talking to the right group tonight? Yeah, you're, one, you're, you're laying that bed next day, and you know three, four, five days have passed by. You ain't been to work in weeks. Not because you don't love God, but you're lacking the strength to stand up and face what it is you need to face. And that's what he's talking about here when he says he teaches our hands to war. He's saying that he gives us the strength. He's going to be my strength just so I can face what it is I need to face, just so I can encounter it and deal with it. He's going to give you the strength. Say, God, you are my strength. And see, you can't face, you, you be trying to figure it out, man, that thing had your head swimming. And you'll be all over the place. You, you, next thing you know, you threw in the towel. Amen. Just forget it. Because you got to stand in his strength. And it takes strength to stand. I said it takes strength to stand. And it takes more than man's strength to stand. It takes God's strength to stand. So he's saying that God, who is our strength, he gives us power are the means to encounter, and he equips our fingers to seize, grabs, or lay hold. And we know that's talking about, about faith, because that's how we lay hold on what God has for us, by fighting the good fight of faith. Scripture says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, or lay hold on what God has for you. Second thing he's saying, uh, also, he teaches our hands to war, that means he gives us power for war. This word again, hand, it means power. It means power. And equips our fingers or gives us skill or experience to fight. Skill and experience. Say power. power. Say skill. skill. Experience. experience. Say I have the power. I have the skill. I have the experience. 
to fight. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> let's, you should be in Romans chapter 5. If you hadn't found Romans chapter 5 by now, it's either not in your Bible or you don't know your Bible, <laughs> something like that. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Thank you, Jesus. Now, <clears throat> say it again. Say, I have power. I have skill. I have experience. Now, this skill, it comes from you and I being skilled in the Word of God, being trained in the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. So, God's Word is our sword in battle. It's our sword in war, in the fight. The Word of God is our sword, right? Amen. <clears throat> Watch this. Who, oh, this is good. Who is going to be more skilled with his sword? The guy who has more experience and fought in more battles or the guy who has less experience and only fought in one battle? Who's going to be more skilled? The guy who has more experience. The guy who has more experience. And the more experience you have in the work, the more, the, the more experience you have, follow me carefully, the more experience you have with God, the more skillful you become with his word. Amen. Who's going to be more skillful? The attorney who's had 50 cases defending murderers or the attorney who's fresh out of law school? Hmm? Which one you want? Okay, okay, okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Now, now, why, why is it that uh, the attorney who, who's defended 50 cases of that sort and the one who's fresh out of law school, why is it this guy is more skillful? Because he has more experience. Now, follow this thought carefully now. Likewise, a medical doctor, a medical doctor who's performed, uh, you know, who's performed uh, 10 open-heart surgeries, and the medical doctor who's performing his first open heart surgery. Now, which one would you want? Well, here's the deal. Well, let's get this straight. We don't want any one of them. <laughs> God forbid if we needed one, we want the guy who has, who's already done. We don't, we don't want to be somebody's guinea pig, right? Now, here's what I'm trying to get you to see, because I'm going to bring this right to your front door. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. The person with more experience is always more skillful. And get this statement again. The more experience you have with God, the more skillful you are with his word. And there are a lot of believers who lack experience with God. 
and I'm going to show you why you lack experience with God. Therefore, you're not skillful with the Word. So you're just kind of left to uh, hoping your opponent be merciful to you because you lack the skill. You've been in the war too long to not know how to fight. You've been in this thing too long. You got the uniform. <laughs> Come on, you got, you got all these patches on? And you scared to fight? What you go to, what you go to the army for? You don't want to fight. What you thought this was? Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Oh, let me hurry. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, here's where I want to pick up verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Oh, that's grown folk talk there. Yeah, that's grown folk talk. Come on. All, all the kids leave the room right now. All, all the kids leave the room right now. <laughs> we glory in tribulation. Glorying in tribulation. Now, how many know that ain't got nothing to do with feeling? That, that has nothing at all to do with feelings. Glory in tribulation? That's trouble. That's problems. That's difficulty. That's obstacles. That's adversity. That's being in the valley. We glory in tri we in tribulation glorying. That sounds like a fighter to me, man. We, we're, we're in tribulation and we're giving him praise. We thanking God in tribulation. Not when the battle is over, but while we in it, we thanking God. We glory in tribulation. Watch this. We glory in tribulation knowing. See, you, 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 if you don't know this, you're not going to glory in tribulation. You're going to complain in tribulation. You're going to be negative in tribulation. You're going to talk about the situation. You're going to talk about how bad it is in tribulation when you're supposed to be glorying in tribulation. And if you're not glorying in tribulation, it's not that you don't love God, you just don't know this. Knowing that the tribulation that I'm supposed to be glorying in is working something. And what is it working? is teaching me how to wait on God. <laughs> that thing is teaching me how to, how, how to wait on God. Tribulation, work it, pay, it develops patience. Patience is developed by the tribulations I go through. If I'm not willing to go through the tribulation, I never develop in patience. Still hadn't learned how to wait on God. I've been walking with God 50 years, still don't know how to wait on Him. Watch this. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience 
Come on. And patience, what? Experience. It's when I wait on God, it's when I put on patience, I gain experience. And the more experience I get, the more skilled I am. I'm getting a little more skilled. Every, every time I go through and grow through and come out, I get a little more skilled. I'm getting skilled with it. I'm learning how to use this word. Okay, I'm seeing how this thing works now. I really know now you got to call a thing that be not as though it were. I'm, get, I'm getting skilled in it. I can't be talking negative. I can't be talking about the problem. I got to be confessing the answer. I'm getting skilled with it. I'm getting skilled with it. This is what you have to say when your kids are wayward. You got to say this. See, you got to be skilled with it. But see, if you don't, if you don't put on patience, now watch this. He says, and patience, experience, next to the word experience, uh, or whatever you're using, somewhere I want, you to, I want you to put these two words. Proof, trustiness. Proof, trustiness. That when you are patient, when you go through the tribulation and you rejoice in the tribulation, and you let patience work, you let patience develop, that patience is going to give you proof. It's going to bring you proof. It's going to bring you proof, trustiness. You got more proof now that you can trust God. And how is it you keep getting all this proof? Because I wait on God. Now, here's the thing about waiting on God in the Bible. Waiting in the Bible is not what we know waiting to be passive. This is an aggressive waiting. It's, it's actually, this waiting here is actually a verb where you're doing something. It has action. It's not where you're sitting down waiting on somebody to come pick you up, so you're just kind of sitting there, just kind of waiting. You know, I'm, I'm waiting on the bus, uh, so I'm just kind of, you know, I'm waiting to see the doctor, so I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of sitting here, and I'm sitting here for hours doing nothing because I'm just waiting. Well, that's not what he's talking about. When you're waiting, you're doing something. You're praising God. You're honoring God. You're still giving to God. You're still coming to the house of God. See, that's when you're waiting on God. If you're not doing that, you're waiting, but you're not waiting on God. Because the way you wait on God, you got to be doing something. Because patience is being consistently constant in doing the same thing, having the same attitude, and holding on to an expectation until change comes. That's what patience is. And if you're not waiting... You're not getting experience with God. Now, the experience is not with the tribulation. The experience is not with the problem. The experience is not with the trial. It's not with the tribulation. The experience is with God. Every time you go through, you get more experience with God. You, just, you learn another dimension of God. You see another side of God. You see something else. You, you've heard them talk about God.